0: Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, uh, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Uh, On the podcast, we try to focus on uh, practical challenges that we have to meet as ministry leaders. And today, I want to talk about sort of a big idea, but a big idea that has uh, some serious implications and requires some careful applications in order to put it into practice in a healthy way. I want to talk about the idea of living urgently and what that means in light of what the new testament teaches about the second coming of jesus christ now this is a really challenging uh, issue for organizational leaders and for ministry leaders Uh, we're told in scripture that jesus could return at any moment and we're supposed to live uh, like that uh, with a sense of urgency about our lives but at the same time um, we lead organizations that require a long-term planning or long-range planning and long-term decision making, so that the organization has stability and direction and uh, has a path charted into the future. Even though we think that the Lord could return at any moment, and there might not even be a future. So there's a tension here, and frankly, as an organizational leader and as a as a Christian, I've struggled with this tension because. I want to live with a sense of urgency, but I also want to fulfill my responsibilities uh, to the hundreds of people who depend on me in terms of employees and students to maintain an organization that has structure and focus and dependability so that they can invest their lives in and through that organization uh, for the work of God's kingdom. So today, I want to talk about what it means to live urgently as an organizational leader and what that means both personally and organizationally or corporately as you try to do your work together. Jesus talked about living urgently with his disciples on a number of occasions, but in Matthew 24, beginning in verse 36, and in Luke 12, beginning in verse 35, uh, Jesus talks about the, urgency of his, or the imminence and, and, and of his coming and the urgency that that should prompt from us as we consider that reality. Of course, Jesus taught these principles in parables. The first one was a parable in which Jesus compared his followers to servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. And Jesus described the good servant as one who was awake, ready to unlock the door, and welcome his master back home whenever he might appear. Uh, The alert servant would be blessed uh, with both the master's favor and with opportunities for continued service upon the master's return. And then, after that parable, Jesus reinforced the idea with a second parable. He likened his followers to a homeowner who'd been burglarized. He said if the homeowner had known the thief was coming, he would have taken steps to prevent the intrusion. And Jesus concluded these two parables uh, by challenging his, his listeners, particularly his disciples, by saying, you must also be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And so Jesus used two uh, common experiences of life, um, wedding, uh, wedding banquet, returning from a wedding feast, and burglarized or having your home uh, burglarized. And in those instances said there's an urgency because the wise servant, the wise Christian, is always ready uh, for the sudden appearance of the Lord. So after hearing these two parables, Peter asked a pertinent question. About how to apply these parables, He asked the Lord, "Are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? Now that seems like a yes or no question to me. But Jesus instead answered with another parable. Uh, and by using another story, he completed a triangulation, if you will, a triad of word pictures that was designed to solidify this lesson in the mind of all of his hearers, but per- but particularly in the minds of his disciples. And extending through them to future leaders like us. So, in the third parable, Jesus Jesus described a wise master who singled out a household servant to manage his affairs while he was away. Now, he expected the trusted servant would make sure the other servants were fed and cared for and would manage them to fulfill the master's business. In other words, uh, in the interim time, while the master was there and then gone, but not yet returned, the faithful servant would carry on the work the master left behind. But Jesus warned that even that servant would be tempted during the master's prolonged absence to behave irresponsibly. Uh, Jesus, however, said that the faithful servant, uh, if he... But, but Jesus said the faithful servant, if he did uh, behave irresponsibly, would experience some serious judgment. In fact, Jesus said he would be uh, cut to pieces and severely beaten. Now, it's important to keep in mind that this is a parable. Uh, Jesus is using colorful language. He's using hyperbole and overstatement to make a point. Jesus is not uh, describing an actual beating and dismemberment that would take place uh, if a person wasn't totally faithful uh, in the middle or in the meantime while waiting for Jesus' return. So Jesus uh, said, uh, it's like this. A, a servant went away, uh, excuse me, a master went away and he left a servant in charge and he expected that servant to carry on his work until the master returned. And he expected that servant to carry on his work urgent, urgently and purposefully uh, in light of the fact that the master could return at any moment. And he said, if the servant drifts, in other words, becomes irresponsible or derelicts or is derelict in his duty, then yeah, some consequences are going to come. And Jesus said those consequences, consequences could even be fairly severe. And after all of that, Jesus ended the parable by saying, uh, much will be required of everyone who's been given much, and even more will be expected of the one who has been entrusted with more. So Jesus was saying that as leaders, we're, responsibi- we're responsible to keep the kingdom house, if you will, in order while waiting for the master's return. Uh, We are, in the story, the people who are accountable for leadership, and we're the ones who are warned we'll be severely beaten uh, if we don't perform appropriately. Now, again, this is not literal language. This is hyperbolic language. This is symbolic language. This is parabolic language in which Jesus is using Overstatement and some extreme language to shake the attention, to get the attention of his hearers, to shake them up a little bit and cause them to say, Oh, wow, this is what Jesus means, and this is a serious matter that I need to carefully heed. So these parables and the principles that Jesus is trying to communicate seem to acknowledge the tension between uh, living in the moment and doing what's needed in the moment in light of the Lord's imminent return. And yet, at the same time, uh, living in the moment and doing what needs to be in the moment, recognizing that the Lord's return may be delayed for quite some time, and we're responsible uh, to fulfill our ministry leadership responsibilities in the meantime. So, what does this mean? Does it mean, for example, that uh, you should have a retirement fund or that you should simply spend all your money in the moment expanding God's kingdom? Uh, should you exercise? so that you can live healthier and longer? Or should you just not waste time on something as frivolous as exercise and devote even more time to your ministry leadership responsibilities today? Uh, Should you save, for example, for your children's education? Or beyond that, should you even have children? Uh, Given the possibility that Jesus could return at any moment, uh, is it wise to have children and to, to divert attention from ministry leadership and ministry performance to caring for a family? If... These things, uh, these questions are, are in our minds, it reveals that we're still struggling with the challenge between this tension of living in the moment and, and living urgently. So how have I worked this out in my mind? Well, quite honestly, I, I, I've worked it out sort of tentatively. Uh, I don't have ironclad laws or principles about what it means to live urgently in the moment uh, in light of the Lord's second coming, but I have worked out Uh, Three different principles that I think are really helpful to me to balancing uh, living urgently with the responsibilities of life and the responsibilities of organizational leadership. So here they are. First, make the big decisions in life in light of Jesus' return. Now, I mean big decisions like choosing your spouse and choosing your vocation. If you're not yet married and you're serious about The reality that Jesus Christ is going to come again, then it means that the most important decisions in your life have to be made in that context, because once you make those most important decisions, a lot of the lesser decisions become automatic along the way. For example, if you're serious about living your life in light of Jesus' return, you, you can't marry someone, even another Christian, who has different life goals if your prospective spouse for example is materialistic you won't be able to live frugally and give generously to ministry projects if he or she needs to live close to family you can't answer a call to take the gospel to the billions of people who've never heard of jesus you know my wife and i have the normal discussions that married couples have about daily life and about the challenges of daily life Uh, we have to have conversations from time to time about how we spend our money or allocate our time But those are the normal ebb and flow conversations that take place in a relationship. My wife and I never have fundamental conversations about disagreement about the importance of the Lord in our life, the urgency of his return, and the need that we have to make every decision in light of the fact that our primary responsibility is the gospel and the kingdom and getting that work done as faithfully as possible with some urgency about it because of the Lord's imminent return. You see, that's what I mean by get the big decisions right. Um, If you make the big decision about who to marry in light of the fact that Jesus is coming, and in the meantime, kingdom work must be done urgently, then when it gets down to the day-to-day activity of of how you're going to live urgently in the moment, those decisions come fairly easily because you've made the big decision well. Same thing about vocation. If you choose to be consumed by your vocation, Uh, you'll find yourself chasing the American dream rather than living for the kingdom of God. And if you're a ministry leader who chooses ministry leadership as a career rather than a calling, you'll be more focused on success now than eternal results. Ministry leaders who pursue a career instead of a calling are concerned about building up their own notoriety, making a name for themselves, getting a position or finding a place of prestige. But ministry leaders who pursue ministry as a calling are devoted entirely to fulfilling God's call, expanding God's kingdom, and making God's name famous, not their own. And so ministry leaders have to be careful that they make the big decision about vocation and how to do vocation in light of the Lord's uh, imminent return. So the first principle about living urgently is not so much to worry about living urgently in the day by day as it is getting the big decisions right about things like marriage and vocation. Because when you get those big decisions right, a lot of the smaller decisions that come out of those decisions more naturally or flow out of those decisions more naturally will have the mark of urgency about them. Okay, a second principle. A second principle is to make priority decisions balanced by the imminence of Jesus' return, meaning that you you know Jesus' return is sure to happen, but since you're uncertain of the time, you have to plan for life to extend uh, for at least some time uh, before he's going to return. What does that mean? It means you strike a healthy balance. It means you save some money for retirement. But not toward the goal of amassing wealth or of making yourself comfortable. Instead, you save money for retirement so that you can sustain your ministry for the full lifetime that God gives you and take care of yourself as the Bible encourages and not depend on others. So... Uh, living urgent, urgently can include some saving for retirement or some planning for life in your retirement years, but planning for that retirement to be a life of, a retirement of service, not a retirement of leisure, a retirement of function, not a retirement of wealth or amassing wealth. So it is important to, to, uh, to, to apply that principle in, in the area of your finances, but also in the area of things like exercise or schooling. For example, uh, as a leader, it's important for you to get the the appropriate schooling and training to fulfill the ministry that you believe God wants you to have. Now, that doesn't mean that you're to get the maximum amount of education possible. It means you're to get the right amount of education to fulfill the ministry that you believe God wants you to have. Now, sometimes it's hard for me to say this because I'm a seminary leader, and of course, I want everyone to be enrolled in seminary, but sometimes people pursue a second or a third degree only to satisfy their ego. Not to fulfill the ministry responsibility they believe God has given them. Um, it's important to fulfill, to get the education you need to fulfill the responsibilities God has given you, but not to get those things to satisfy ego or build career or otherwise draw attention to yourself. Same thing could be true of exercise. Uh, it's important to exercise a little bit. The Bible says that bodily discipline or bodily exercise has a little bit of profit. It's important to exercise a little bit. Why? Because in your exercise, uh, you find yourself f- sustaining your health in an appropriate way. Again, not to be a, a, a bodybuilder or not to have a fountain of youth or not to try to live forever, but instead to just maintain your health incrementally so that you might be able to serve faithfully until the, Lord ha- until the Lord's return. Now, it might sound like that I'm advocating a position here, all things in moderation, but that's n- really not what I'm saying. I think a better phrase would be, all things in proper perspective. So we look at issues like finances and schooling and exercise, and we say, we need to strike a balance here. Jesus' return is imminent, meaning that it could happen at any time. But Jesus' return is apparently delayed uh, because he's not returned yet. So we go back to the parables, and the parables all communicate the same thing. Jesus has come, and Jesus is coming again. And in the meantime, we need to be alert and ready, and we need to be faithful to fulfill the responsibilities he's given us. Living urgently in the moment, but living with the big-picture sense of, uh, of, of urgency that allows us to also fulfill the responsibilities we have in the moment. So it's not that we're trying to do all things in moderation. It's right, we're trying to do all things with perspective. And what is that perspective? It's the eternal perspective of knowing that Jesus Christ is definitely coming again and while he's delayed his coming for his own purposes we're responsible to be uh... faithful in the moment in light of the perspective we have that he's coming again now there's a third principle that helps me with this balancing of urgency and living in the moment and the planning and leading for uh, organizational longevity and that's this I try to lead my organization as if it's going to last forever but make daily decisions about organizational responsibilities with an urgency, like this might be my last day to work here. What I mean is this. I I try to make a a strategic plan as if the organization's going to last for 30 or 40 or 50 years, but once we've made that plan and said this is what needs to be done to sustain the organization, both in the present and for the long-term benefit of both the organization and the people it benefits, then I come to work every day with a sense of urgency saying, all right, what needs to be done today? Uh, today to fulfill that sense of urgency that God has given us and that sense of planning that God has led us to, uh, to accomplish in order to fulfill the longevity of the organization that we're trying to design and to lead. Now that's the way I try to balance these things as an organization leader. So for example, we have a plan to grow the endowment here to a hundred million dollars. Now uh, that's a long-term plan. We're currently sitting on about sixty-eight million. We want to get that to a hundred million. Uh, we know that growing that endowment will give our school the long-term financial stability that it needs to have a prolonged long-term impact in the lives of thousands and thousands of people for another generation or two but what do we do today well today we have to ask ourselves what needs to be done today what phone call needs to be made what visit needs to be made what plan needs to be made what are needs to be implemented what 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 person needs to be contacted uh, what do we need to do uh, to manage our investments more carefully or to Be more insightful in how we grow our resources. What needs to be done today? And so there's a sense that we plan for the long period, long, long haul, but we work as if the today is the last day we're going to be employed at this, at this great task. It's the same thing for me in other areas of life as well. Uh, In church leadership, you, you say, well, we're, we're planning to reach thousands of people, but then in the urgency of the moment, who are we going to reach today? What phone call are we going to make? What appointment are we going to make? What gospel presentation are we going to make? What are we going to do today to fulfill that long-term strategy or that long-term plan of growing the organization to strength? So for me, organizational leadership means I I plan as if the organization is going to last forever, or at least for another generation or two. But once I get that plan in place, then I come to work daily and say, what's the urgency of the hour call for today? What needs to be done in this moment in order to fulfill the strategy we have or the vision we have to get us to the place we need to have strength for the long haul? Well, uh, living urgently. Uh, It's a challenge because you're trying to balance the issue of the fact that Jesus is coming again Uh, over against the reality that in the meantime, while he's delayed by his own choosing, we are responsible to fulfill the work that he's left us to do. Uh, How do we do that? Well, I think by applying these simple principles. Make big decisions in the light of the fact that Jesus will return. Choose your marriage partner, choose your vocation, uh, and choose how you do your vocation, if your vocation is ministry. You do it as a calling, not as a career. Choose the, make the big decisions in light of the fact that Jesus is coming and you want your life trajectory to reflect the fact that you really believe he's coming again and your life has to be lived with a sense of urgency about that. And once you make those big decisions, or as someone likes to say, once you put the big rocks in the jar, then all the other things can fit in around them. Once you get the big decisions made, it seems like a lot of the smaller decisions or the lesser decisions or the day-to-day decisions become a lot easier to make in light of the Lord's return. And then, uh, strike a balance. Uh, recognize that there's always going to be some tension between the Lord's imminent return and the need to uh, plan uh, for the longevity of being here and yet at the same time live in the moment and so on things like retirement savings or exercise or schooling yes it's important to get all you need in those areas done uh, to assure that you can live a long and full and fruitful life of service but not to lapse over into amassing wealth just for the idea of being a rich person or for uh, doing exercise for the idea of prolonging your life or in some way way delaying the inevitability of the end of your life or uh, getting schooling just to stroke your ego or get a position or great or notoriety. But no, only the schooling you need to fulfill the ministry that God has given you. So those balances are a part of this aspect, not just doing things in moderation, but doing things with perspective of the Lord's return towering over all decisions that are made. And then finally, building an organization that's going to last a long time. Uh, and making an organizational plan as if the organization is going to be here forever. But then coming to work every day and saying, what needs to be done today to advance the mission that God has given us and to fulfill the plan we have to create an organization that's going to last and be a benefit to the kingdom for a long time? I wish I had more to offer. I wish I had the, a, a, a really clean, quick, clear way to sort out all this tension. But really, frankly, uh, that's just where we're going to have to live. The Lord came the first time he's coming again. In the meantime, he said, be alert, be on the watch, be like a person who's waiting for a wedding feast or a wedding party to return or or, or a burglarized person to keep a robber from taking everything in their home. Be alert. And then in the meantime, stay busy. I've given you work to do and keep working hard because I'm coming back. I know there's a tension there. So stay alert. Keep working hard, but at the same time, recognize that Jesus Christ is coming again, and when he does come, he's going to release us from all this work and all this tension and all this pressure we've had in the meantime. Well, the Lord's coming back. Live, urgents, live urgently and keep that view, keep that in view as you lead on.